Hey everybody, welcome to the latest edition of Worst Seats in the House with Michael Russo and Anthony LaPanta. Producer Brandon chiming in because I lost the first few minutes of this episode. Uh, I don't know what happened, it's just gone. Uh, you missed out on Anthony LaPanta and Nate Prosser uh, exchanging some pleasantries live from Tuttle's, by the way. Um, everything's good with their lives. Uh, they had great Father's Days. And that's my summary of that. Also, in the middle of the episode, there's going to be a weird little audio blip. It went to the backup, and, well, that's what happened. Anyways, enjoy this latest episode of Worst Seats in the House. Uh, hosting today is Anthony LaPanta with Nate Prosser, live from Tuttles. You really just wanted to be able to do was be a dad, spend yeah. some time at, with your family, and these are the kind of days where, and the kind of weekends where that's so important. Yeah, for sure. It was, uh, you know, as an athlete, being in pro sports, selfishly, it's all about you. You know, you, you got to eat right. You got to sleep right. You got to train right. You got to focus right. You kind of got to eat, sleep, breathe your your career. And your for me, it was hockey. And, you know, having kids and a wife, they kind of revolved around my schedule, revolved around, okay, my wife's making hot dogs and macaroni and cheese for dinner. Um, and we play the Blackhawks tomorrow. I, I, I got to you know, we, we got to find something else for me. I got to have a steak and potatoes and, you know, a salad or something, you know. So, um, but no, now getting on the other side of it, I, I love that it's it's not about me anymore. And it's about my kids and it's about my wife. And it's about, you know, taking everything off her plate. Because for 11 years, it was, it was you know, all about me. And um, so that, that, that's been the, the fun part over the last year is just, you know, taking my kids to school and picking them up and, um, you know, coaching their sports and, you know, taking them to their, their events and activities and all that kind of stuff. So that, that, that's been the joy of, of, of the last year so far, just, you know, being a dad again. What did you get up to on Father's Day? Yeah, we had, uh, it was, I had to work the Twins game. So uh -huh. it was a little, everything was a little disjointed all weekend because I had, I had the Twin Series in Arizona. And when you're working in the studio, the games in Arizona start in the middle of the night. Yeah. <laughs> and the, yeah. was, we had 9 o'clock games on Friday and Saturday night, yeah. which means by the time you're off the air with the post-game show and, and then put together some ideas for oh tomorrow's gosh. show and get home, it's pretty late nights. And, and we, had, we actually had a great weekend because uh, my son, AJ, who just walked in here and uh, is flying back to Denver tonight, but he, he was in town for the weekend. Nice. We had a, a charity golf event Friday uh, out at Loggers Trail in Stillwater because oh, yeah. my I good lived right next there. Yeah, and my good friend Chad Graff, who I, I don't know if you know, he works for the Athletic, covers the Minnesota Vikings for the Athletic. He used to be with the Wild. Used to be covering yeah. the Wild. Yeah, I know. Right? Yep. And so he and his wife tragically lost a daughter. Like She lived less than two weeks oh, due gosh. to some remarkably rare chromosome disorder that was I mean, like one in a million stuff and children's hospital was a big part of it so he put together this was the first one a fundraiser golf tournament a charity event out at loggers trail on friday and so uh, my son aj flew in for that tournament it was oh, cool. it was fun for me because we had our whole family together one of my daughters was driving the beverage cart another one was making bloody marys for everybody oh, at the first tee and my wife was perfect. taking pictures and then my two boys were in a foursome in the in the event and and i was too so we had everybody in town for the whole weekend all at loggers all at loggers that <laughs> friday and and had but i had to work twins friday night and saturday night and then yesterday afternoon father's day but after the game yesterday Day we were able to get together, have some dinner, and, and yeah. it was you know those 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 times are special for yeah, us for sure for sure getting all the fam together that's that's you just, that's everything the, well yeah. and they're rare now the kids are all a little bit older they're scattered and starting their own lives their, their own, own careers, careers. and yeah so the odds of all mm. the schedules lining up and getting everybody together and it's it was always a big part of our life in my family growing up, but even as we grew into having young kids with my parents there and just sitting around the table for Sunday dinner and listening to everybody tell yeah. stories about what they're doing that week. And, yeah. you know, now they're all grown ups. They've got their opinions on everything. And yeah. it's interesting and fun to see I mean, it for the next generation. Yeah. I mean, this, this life is pretty dang short. It, it's all about family and it's all about, you know, being near and when they're in town is, you know, you know, being around and, you know, sharing those stories and sharing those hugs and laughs. And um, I, I definitely see, you know, in my life, why we 
want to be centered here in Minnesota with all the families and grandparents and cousins around and brothers and sisters. It's they're, they're, you, you, can't, you, you can't replace that. Really. No question. Is Does your dad let you go play golf with him? <laughs> Every now and then. He hasn't invited me yet this summer. I'm looking forward to a Spring Hill day here some, sometime soon. Yeah, he's a good player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh, I think he just turned 60, and he still uh, bombs the ball. He's still probably like a four or five handicap or something like that. Um, he's, he's very good golf. I mean, he plays every day the sun's out, he's playing. So, I mean, he probably plays 100 rounds in the summer. And then, you know, you ask, okay, well, what do you do the other, you know, seven months that are cold and the, and the course that are cold as well? He'll say, I go on 10 or golf 15 trips. golf trips. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I played with him yeah. last summer at Spring Hill one day, and uh, he's, he's a good player. Yeah, yeah. What, so you were on the ice, you said, for nine hours today, part of this Hockey Ministries camp? Yep, yeah, it's called uh, yeah, Hockey Ministries International, HMI. Um, it's a, a, a faith-based um, um, organization that uh, they, they run 10 camps maybe a summer, you know, just kind of bounce around the U.S. and Canada a little bit, in Europe a little bit, I think. But with COVID, I don't know if they're still going to Canada and Europe, but um, when it when it's going, they're they're kind of bouncing everywhere. And this uh, this last week was in Oklahoma City. This week's at, in in Blaine, and there was like I don't know 200 kids there between mites, squirts, and peewees. I would say that range. How'd you get and, involved with them? Um, I've been I've been uh, doing it for probably 10 years now. Um, I think just meeting Bill Butters. I think he he ran our our, our chapels with. Uh, with the wild and just kind of get introduced to him he he was the the pastor of my sister married um kevin so my brother-in-law he he officiated their wedding and just kind of got close with our family and um so um you know kind of explained to us you know what hmi is and what it's all about it's just um yeah uh a, a faith-centered uh, hockey camps and you know he does you know chapels with you know local colleges he'll go to Mankato, St. Cloud, Duluth, North Dakota, Minnesota um, just you know, sharing the good word. So you're on the ice is it all weekend or all week? Is um, it? it is all week it's Sunday to Friday and today I was um, out there from 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. So, uh, you know, my, my feet are killing me right now. Um, Any of your girls a part of it? Um, my older two are kind of begging for me to go. I mean, they probably could have come, but I said, let's just wait another year. They'll, you know, be a little older and get more cousins involved. So, um, but I have uh, four nephews in it, um, kind of Maple Grove and Blaine area they live. And um, um, so... Uh, yeah, and then I'm, I'm going back on Wednesday, and, and they, they, they kind of have a guest speaker every night to, you know, kind of lead their, their chapel sessions, and so I'm going, going back Wednesday. As we record this episode of the show, it's game three in the finals. What are your thoughts so far on the, on the dominance of the Avalanche oh here in the first two games? Oh, my gosh. I... I, I mean, I knew the Avs were good. I, I, I'm, I'm very surprised at uh, just how good they've looked um, so far in these first two games. But, hey, the series isn't over. This, the, the same thing happened last series with um, the Rangers and Tampa Bay. Rangers went up 2 nothing, and then, you know, Tampa Bay won four straight. Um, it, they have the experience in the team that, hey, they, they win the next two at home, which very possible. It's, it's a brand-new series, so... I wouldn't count them out by any means. Uh, you know, they're back-to-back -back champs for a reason. And, and just there's something about having that experience. Um, I mean, you even saw with St. Louis, um, you know, playing the Wild in the first round. The team that kind of just knows how to get going at the right time and the guys that, you know, step up at the right time are always their big-name guys. They, 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 they know what kind of sacrifice it takes to, to, to advance in the playoffs. And... Um, you know, Tampa definitely has that. And, you know, there's a reason why all these GMs want to sign, sign a winner. You know, whoever wins the Stanley Cup, the entire team's getting pay raises and extensions all over the place. And they, they basically have a job for the rest of their career because everyone wants a winner. They want the guy that, like I said, knows what it takes, uh, you know, come playoff time. 11 series in a row they've won. 
Which well, is amazing I'm, when you think about that. 11 series. When you think about how tough it is to win a playoff oh my series. Goodness, I and, did not know that. I mean, they've won the, the two in a row and, and now three yeah. series this year. I mean, it's just amazing when you think about what that means. And we were talking, Michael Russo and I were talking on a, I think it was maybe last week's show, about comparisons to some of these. Now, this was before the finals started and didn't know they would be backs to the wall down two zip again. Yeah. But you start to look at the Islanders in the 80s, the Oilers shortly thereafter, the Canadians a little early. And Red Wings. And one of the points yeah. that I made was that this is different because when the Canadians were winning, I think they won four in a five-year span, and there were 18 teams in the league. Yeah. When the Islanders won, there were 21 teams in the league, and 16 were making the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, now there's 32 teams, and the salary cap makes the parity oh, at oh a level not seen before. I think their run this year might be more impressive than any of those dynasties where it was four out of five or five out of six. I mean, you definitely think these guys would start wearing down. I mean, playing till July every summer would take its toll. I mean, the rest of the league is resting, um, recovering, um, uh, training, you know, getting ready for next season. These guys are still blocking shots with, with their their shoulders and their and their chins, you know, and these guys are putting everything on the line all the way until July for the, you know, three years running. Uh, it's, it's truly amazing. And you're exactly right about the parody. Um, it's NHL definitely uh, with the salary cap and all that, that it's, if, a, if the Colorado Avalanche play their C game at home against uh, Arizona Arizona, and they play their A game, they're going to lose. Right. Or Buffalo. It, it doesn't really matter. I mean, that's how good this, the NHL is. And there's, there's enough skill on each and every team that, that can make you pay. And, um, no, I'm, I'm excited to see if Tampa can, can chip away at this. Um, you know, like I said, it's, it's, it's not undoable to win the next two at home. Um, they'll, they'll be buzzing tonight. I'm sure they're, the backs are kind of against the wall of game three. And then, uh, then the, the, the series can shift a little bit. Momentum might kind of go in their favor a little bit. I've been amazed listening to John Cooper throughout this run because yeah. he's so poised yeah. no matter what the situation. And remember, they had their backs to the wall in the very first round against a very good Toronto team. And Toronto had them down. They had to win the last two games to win that series. And yeah. yet there was just never a panic in him. There was Everything was matter of fact. They went yeah. and put a whooping on Florida in the second round. And yeah. it, he just had this demeanor about him that you talk about it from a player's perspective. They got to feed off of that from a coaching staff that oh. just knows what it takes and knows 100%. how to prepare. 100%. I think that you know, everything kind of starts at the top and trickles down. You know, to have that kind of calm demeanor in your press conferences, because we all hear, you know, what our coaches say or what what is tweeted out. Um, you know, it's it's a it's an era of social media, and um, if if a coach wants to blow up the team and you know get angry and fiery and chuck sticks and chuck water bottles, like you'll hear about that. But seeing his demeanor, even after last game, they got smoked. Um, I saw some quote. I can't even remember what it was, but it was so like. Yeah, we got to be better. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It was just like, and and let, let I mean that would put some confidence in the guys. Just like, hey, we you know we've been here before. We we we're the back-to-back -back champs. Um, we we have two rings all on our fingers. It's we know what what it what game three is going to be all about. Let's put our backs against the wall for that game and um, let the chips fall where they lie. One of his assistants, on whom he seems to rely quite a bit, is Derek Lalonde. Did you ever cross paths with him when he was in the Wild organization? Just like training camps and stuff like that. I, I, I got introduced to him a few times, had a few conversations. Seemed like a great man. It's, it's interesting whenever you watch the dynamic on benches, too, and there are some that they run hot, and yeah. these guys seem to collectively be kind of that calm, cool. One of the players that's really stood out to me in this playoff is Ryan McDonough, who, you know, a Minnesota guy, just I've felt his whole career has been one of the more underrated shutdown defensemen, and the minutes he's logged throughout this playoff against the best in each of those series I think is amazing. He's a freak. He's a freak athlete. He trains like an animal. Um, I, I've seen it firsthand that, I mean, this guy is smart. He thinks the game. He's strong as an ox. They call him truck or trucker, you know, just like because Mac, you know, Mac truck, he's 
literally like that's his base is you know he's got some big old quads big butt i mean this guy's he's built for like, the playoffs and i think there was i think he's made playoffs every year of his career yes i think that's right and how amazing is that like again like going back to you know making these runs each and every year like that 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 takes a toll on teams and, and on certain guys and for him it, it's 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 like his body of work. He, he knows what it takes each and every summer that he gets back, you know, how much time to take off, how much rest and recovery he needs, um, what kind of training he does, you know, how, much, how hard he skates in the summers. Um, you know, I definitely tip my cap to McDonough. He, he, he's going back to when I was in college. I played against him. Uh, he was at Wisconsin when I was at CC. And, he, you know, he's kind of highly touted. He was first rounder, second rounder, something like that. Yeah, I think he was a late first round guy. Something like that. And honestly, like, I'm like, man, he's good, but I'm not that impressed with him. Like, I, everyone's saying he's going to be an NHL, you know, all-star or whatever. I'm like, you know what? That, that's going. But holy crap, was I wrong. Like, this guy, he's, he's a gamer. On the other side of the series, Colorado has—it's been amazing. Their dominance, fourteen and two in this year's playoffs, going into Game Three of the final, and this is a team Wild see a lot. Wild fans know these guys. We—they've been banging heads with these guys for a few years. Yeah. And right now, if you're a Wild fan and you're watching just the dominant level that this team is capable of reaching, yeah, it's—it's it's a little frightening. It is. It is because I mean they're—they're they're not old. It's, it's it's still a very young team. It's a team that we're gonna have to uh, have to deal with each and every year. Um, you know how many times do we play them in the regular season? Six Either or four eight or times. five. Oh, okay, four or five. Um, it's uh, it's definitely scary. These, especially the the level they're playing at, and and seeing you know Darcy Kemper um, kind of take off with his game is, is is exciting for me to see. Just you know he had a lot of years here where. He's just trying to find his way. I was, you know, as a backup, and it sounds like, or it feels like he's kind of is able to take in the take the reins as, as the number one, especially you know coming from Arizona. And that's kind of where he, where it started, where he you know maybe found that confidence and that swagger, and uh, you know he he's he's been a, he's been a rock star this this run. As a defenseman, when you watch Kale McCarr, it's hard to really make a comparison from him to anybody else in the league because his skill set is different than any other defenseman. To me, I keep looking at him, and he looks like the defensive equivalent of Connor McDavid. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, he has a skating, skating is unreal. He has a vision. He has a shot. Uh, like what he thinks as the last man back to, to make, you know, spinorama moves or put a, you know, a, a crazy dangle on, like, this guy thinks the game different than obviously I ever did. So it's, it truly amazes me to watch him and just see his action. I mean, all over the ice. He's, he's solid defensively. He doesn't get burnt a lot. He doesn't make careless passes. He plays the game the right way. But then on the offensive end, it's, it's, he's, you might as well say he's the fourth forward. And he's, you know, which isn't it amazing how hybrid. much that has become. The norm is a strange word, but almost a necessity for teams right now. And this is happening in the last three, four, five years, even I'd say, where it's the game is changing to the point where you have to have defensemen who for can sure. be a part of your offensive attack, for sure, or else you, it's going to be difficult to score. For sure, it's. Uh uh, yeah, that's that's the the way the game has been going, and um, you know it amazes me to see um, guys like McDonough, you know, kind of shift his game. I think he, you know, almost had 30 points this year. I mean, you have to be able to, you know, change your game to to the to the era that it's in, and um, he's done so well at that. But um, you see, in every rush, there's always a defenseman trying to trying to join the play. It's never like okay, we're just going to get the puck in the skill guy's hands and let them go. We'll just kind of hang back and maybe see if there's a mistake or turnover, and then we're going to you know, play defense. No, it's to, to score goals in the NHL with all the speed and skill, I mean, it, it's, uh, it, it's definitely, oh, Colorado scored. Um, definitely gone, 
gone that that that, that route. And Dean Evison made a, a bunch of points this year. He'd always say, "Look, you work so hard to get in the zone and to get down in the zone. Yeah. Why leave?" Just because you're a defenseman, why leave? Yeah. Just stay down there. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I mean, uh, from when, a, when, it, when has that ever been like the train never. of thought for coaching? Right. Yeah. Just slightly different than Mike Yo's approach, yeah. you think? <laughs> yeah, for a, sure. As you watch that, no, what, I had a leash. Like when when I got like over, guys would laugh. Like I got over the offensive blue line, I got like a hard tug back. You know, like I, hey, I I don't belong in there, but uh, it's it's definitely the game where. You, you try holding pucks in as long as you can and use your skating ability if you need to get back. And, you know, the Wild have such good skaters on defense with Spurge and Broads and Dumba and um, where they can hold pucks in. And if they happen to get a chip by them, they have the, the wheels to get back and, 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 you know, get back in good defensive positioning. How closely did you follow the team this year? Um, I would say I watched pretty close to half the games. I, I came down to a couple, two, three games. Um, it was super weird to, to get down there, and especially for warm-ups. I brought my girls down, and they were super excited. They wanted to you know, get down there for warm-ups and um, just kind of have that feeling again because that, that was their favorite part of you know, me playing was you know, getting down on the glass and you know, having me you know, bang my stick next to their faces. And... Um, it, it uh, definitely brought me brought back a lot of memories that you know I almost you know started tearing up just you know being down there and you know seeing them warm up and kind of dance around with their music and uh, you know that 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 feel that you know made me really miss it. The atmosphere in the building this year was unlike anything I had ever seen. Yeah. Did you feel that when you were down there? Yeah, for sure, for sure. It was it was a it was a really really good buzz. Um, I think uh, I mean the success they had in the, in the regular season and the, and the excitement. And just like what we're talking about with, you know, scoring, uh, you know, all on the rise and defensemen joining the play, it, this year was different than any years that I was there. Um, you know, all of, all of our years were, you know, like you said, Mike Yo or you know, even Bruce Boudreaux. And, um, you know, we wanted to win games 3-1. And we we're totally acceptable of doing that. And we, are, we all bought into that. Um, now it's like the wild score goals on weren't they top five in goals? Yeah, four? all year long. Uh, I mean that that creates that that buzz maybe to for more fan interactment and um, interaction and uh, it, it, you you definitely felt it. So I stopped by Kowalski's because we needed to have a few more stakes, and they're offering 40-day aged prime New York strips and boneless ribeyes right now, and they are incredible. We had a couple of the boneless ribeyes last night, and it's the, the dry age is they, they hold the meat at a perfect temperature for that long, and normally, I think this is a little bit longer. I should have asked the guy last night exactly how many days longer it is than normal, but it is unreal how good this ribeye was that I had last night. One of the better ones that I've had from Kowalski's and they never disappoint and those guys will point you in the right direction, but they've just changed. We also had, we've had some seafood from there recently and they've changed where they get it. They really study it, taste it. And in fact, they've gone to a different scallop lately that is a that's the way it's raised is different and the scallop has tremendous flavor. It's been awesome. So it's, I always love trying out the new things, trying out what they recommend. And if you're going to have great food, great meals, great guests, whatever, you got to start with the best ingredients. And for that, go to Kowalski's. Hey, hockey fans, Jerry Bosch here again from Bosch Law Firm and WorkCompExperts.com. If you're injured at work, it's never too soon to contact the lawyers and awesome staff at Bosch Law Firm. We'll answer all your questions, help you set up your work comp claim, and help you select professionals who will be there to help you, not the insurance company. And with almost 30 years of litigation experience, if your benefits are denied, we'll fight to get you paid. Bosch Law Firm. The call's always free and there's never a fee unless we obtain benefits on your behalf. Call or text us at 651-333-8300 or visit us at workcompexperts.com. If you're thinking about selling your home, now is the time. 
Now you can get a strong cash offer, sell your home stress-free with a guaranteed offer with Chris Lindahl Real Estate. Don't worry about the hassle of constant cleaning and home maintenance. Sell your home with Chris Lindahl today. Go to chrislindahl.com, fill out a quick form, receive an all-cash offer on your home today. No obligation, and the guaranteed offer allows you to bypass the market and sell your home hassle-free. That means no showings, no open houses, no stress. Just choose when you want to move, and you'll close with confidence. The Wall Street Journal named Chris Lindahl Real Estate the number one real estate team in Minnesota and Wisconsin for closed transactions. One of their clients, Dino, said, quote, we got a guaranteed offer from Chris Lindahl Real Estate in 24 hours above market value, and we got to stay until we found our next home. It was smooth, easy, and stress-free. I cannot recommend Chris Lindahl Real Estate enough. Thanks, Dino. Wonder if it was Dino Cicerelli, Anthony. Uh, the Chris Lindahl Real Estate guaranteed offer keeps you in control. It's that simple. Go to chrislindahl.com to get a guaranteed offer in your home today so you can start packing certain restrictions applied. We always, we talked so many times throughout the course of the season about just a different feel and in the building, but also with the team. When you, as a former player, when you watch the way things went for them, the number of times they were scoring with extra attackers oh at the end of goodness. games, the number of g- oh games they're finding way to win in overtime. And we just kept saying there's just something special. It's hard to put a finger on. Is that something that you can sense when you watch a team play? That, I mean, it must have been a, a good tight-knit group. And, I, you know, I've talked to Spurge about it. I've talked to, you know, Felino about it. And they were. And, and you could see that. You could see the, the togetherness. Um, as far as when the game got on the line, it almost, especially at home in the XL, like you just kind of had that feeling like they're going to pull this out. You know, even down one or down two and the goalies pulled, it, you still had the feeling like these guys are going to score to tie it up and this is going to overtime. Like that, that, and to have that, to have that sense and that feel in the locker room, which I'm sure they had, it, that's special. Um, like you said, it, it was just, it was a special year. I mean, it was a, it was a good regular season. It just we, we we got we got kind of a tough draw in the you know in the playoffs. I, you know, I don't I don't like the the play, NHL playoff format. I think it should go back to one eight two seven three six. But that that's that's an issue for another day. I'm sure. <laughs> plenty of plenty of time for discussion of that. How awkward is it when you're when you step away from the game to stay in contact with your former teammates, but now you're as an ex player, not a player. Yeah, I, I mean, it's different because you definitely want to give them the space, you know, because when you're in it, you're, like I said earlier, you know, you, you're you in it. You're you're breathing it. You're eating it. You're sleeping it. it you're really focused, and, and you should be. It's, 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 your, it's your career. It's everything you dreamed of. It's everything you're putting all your eggs in that basket. And um, so it, it's, it's hard to, oh, they got disallowed. It's hard to really stay involved with those guys that are in it still but uh um as far as guys that are done um you know i've i've, I've been able to kind of keep in touch with those guys and texting with you know, old old teammates and buddies like that and especially with my the podcast that i, I got started well yeah let's talk about that now you're an officially a media member yeah yeah well, i mean it's, it's I, on someone, the someone needed here. to take some more airwaves away from you guys <laughs> so um you know me and my brother started something called the Pross Box. And, uh, Which the Pross Box came to be when you were scratched. scratched and you'd come up and you'd sit in the booth next to yeah. us and, and <laughs> the Pross Box got its name, right? Yeah. But so the, the podcast itself, how did it come to be? Um, my initial idea was the Wild um, have struggled with like an alumni program. They, I mean, there isn't one. So, uh, you know, a year or two ago, I started thinking about it on like, okay, what's, what's Pierre-Marc Bouchard doing? What's Nick Schultz doing? What's Greg Zanin doing? What's Matt Cook doing? What's um, Devin Dumick doing? Let's, let's reach out to all these, these guys that I, I played with you know, and I'm buddies with and, you know, that I want to know what the transition from hockey was like because – from any sport that you, you leave from, you're at the top of your level. You reached your dream and you leave and some guys aren't, weren't, weren't fortunate enough to make, you know, $50 million where they can just kind of get golf memberships and play tennis and hang with their kids all day, every day. A lot of people have to, you know, get into the working world and that's tough. And, that, and, and I just want to know, okay, 
what's Justin Falk doing? You know, our buddy Falker and uh, Matt Cassian. And, you know, just hearing what their transition story was like, because it's, it's hard for a lot of guys um, leaving the game and, you know, starting their second chapter of life. Well, and sometimes it's not even money related. It's just identity related. Yeah, yeah, Your whole life sure. has been this. It's for been sure. this. And now all of a sudden... It, it, there's a little anonymity to it. There's no competition in most cases. Yep. There's a lot of things that yep. you lose when you step away from the game. And for, you're definitely right. It's uh, it's definitely an identity. Um, like I said, it, selfishly, it's all about you. So you worked 35 years of your life to get to that level, and all of a sudden it's over. And now, okay, what's my identity? We're, we're, uh, am I uh, a dad? Am I a, you know where am I in life? And uh, um, it's, you know, it, it's hard to figure out just what you want to do next. That's why a lot of guys get into coaching or stay involved in hockey with, you know, player personnel or get in management and, um, kind of, you know, keeps those competitive juices going, um, somewhat, um, even though it's not the same, but, um, so everyone, everyone has different paths. That's why I started the Prospox. And yeah, give us a follow on Instagram, um, at Prospox or at Nate Presser 30. So who have you had so far? Um, we've done, uh, we've done two that have gone live. So we did Devin Dubnik and Ryan Carter, and then, uh, we've recorded a few others. I happen to know what Ryan Carter's doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <I> know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everyone knows what he's doing, but, uh, no, we didn't like Matt Cassian and, um, Nick Sealer. He's still playing. So I, I still want to do guys that are still involved playing. Like I would love to hear, um, Jason Zucker and Charlie Coyle and Nino Niederreiter and Eric Halla, guys that were here that, you know, got soaked into the to, to the Minnesota scene, um, maybe still live here in this off seasons. Let's hear what they do, um, what what going to different organizations was like. Um, do they miss being here? Do they have plans of ever coming back after their careers are over? Because a lot of guys do. I mean, there's... You know, Matt Cook and Devin Dubnik were two guys that we, you know, we've recorded and done. They both live here in Minnesota. Okay, well, why? Let, let's talk to them about that. That you know, how'd you guys choose to to stick around here? And you know, our, our weather isn't the best. It's either minus twenty in January or hundred. Hundred right? and humid. <laughs> yeah. Matt Cook was coaching for a while. Is he still involved? Yep, he's still coaching. He's coaching Chaska, and he. Um, He's like the lead on-ice instructor for TPH, Total Package Hockey. So, again, like, you know, keep those competitive juices going some way or another. He, you know, found an avenue to, you know, keep his nose in hockey. And I'm sure, he, you know, he, he said, like, he, he practices with these guys on certain days and gets his equipment on. And I'm sure he hacks and whacks with those guys. When you met, you were talking, we were talking earlier about Ryan McDonough, part of the connection that all these guys that that play here, have come through here, so many of them choose to stay here yeah. for just, it is a, the weather's lousy in the wintertime, but they're all playing hockey in the wintertime yeah, anyway. Exactly. So in the summertime, everybody seems to like it here. And, it's a hockey And, and then you guys all would work out together. So there's a, you develop a little connection and camaraderie with guys, even, even that have never been your teammates. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, there's, if you want to skate, you'll find a skate in Minnesota whether you're on the east side north side west side you know whatever like you're gonna find a skate if you want a workout group that does uh band work you're gonna find that somewhere if you want a different types of style of workout that fits your goals and needs you're gonna find it like the it truly is the state of hockey and that's why guys you know zach bogosian um you know comes back in here and lives here um james van Riemsdyke. uh Jake Gardner, um, I mean, the, the list is so big. You go to one De Beauty League game and you see, like, oh, I didn't know. Why would he come here? But there's such a a, a good community here uh, for training. And, you know, our, our summers are great. You're, I mean, it's 100 today, but, you know, for the most part, our weather is great. You, there's lakes. There's, you know, a lot of guys will live on the lake. And um, it's it, it, you see why these guys want to come back. What's that like when you work out with those guys during the summer? Guys that are your, a lot of them are your rivals. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, hockey's a kind of a small community. And, and you get to know guys, whether you, you train with them or see them or not. Um, you hear rumors about certain guys and stories about certain guys. But, um, you know, I, I like my WD League team had, you know, Brock Nelson and Jake Genzel, um, 
you know, a bunch of AHL guys, um, and you get to know these guys on a different level than just, you know, competing with them each and every night or, you know, a handful of times a year. And, um, but for the most part, hockey guys are all pretty dang similar. You know, we're, we, we come from kind of the same, same upbringing. Um, and there's, let's just say there's not one player I ever came across that wasn't a good worker. Every, every hockey player in pro hockey is such a hard worker and they had to get there from that. And even like I was telling all these kids today at HMI, the hardest working guy that I ever played with was Zach Parisi. He's probably the richest too. You know, how, how kind of ironic is that? Like he's the first guy on the ice doing tip drills after practice is over, he's doing different skating drills and working on more tips. Like, it takes a certain type of wiring to, to get there, and we all kind of share that, and, and you know, that's how we kind of bond and, um, you know, by training together. Well, how was the show with Dubnik? Um, good, good, good. Yeah, he's, uh, you know, he's a talker. He, he's got a bunch of stories, especially, you know, card game stories, and, um, you know, he's got three boys, and just chasing them around. He's, you know, doing the NHL Network stuff. Um, uh, trying to think what else he's got going. Um, because guys, for him, like, some guys, you, you kind of see it coming. Like, you're winding down in your career with him. It was a little abrupt. I mean, he, he was, he went into a season, I think, still hoping to get a job. And yeah. all of a sudden, there just wasn't anything out there. And that's, that's a hard way to, to go out. You know, some guys get injured. Some guys is, you know, no teams want them. Some guys train all summer and all fall and hope to get something. I mean, there, even a few guys that, you know, I, I talked to on this podcast, that's what happened. And, you know, that, that'd be a hard way to, you know, kind of be told, like, you got to retire, you know, just no GM wants to sign you. I mean, that, that's kind of a hard pill to swallow just because when you think, like, no, I still have, I still have, you know, juice left in the legs. I still feel good. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm 100% healthy. Um, and you know, just yeah, he he, I think he wanted to get to the Olympics. Um, so he you know signed with Charlotte in the American Hockey League, played some games, and just something freaky happened where it just didn't work out to to go to the Olympics. But um, he he definitely had the drive to to play again. But um, I think he's realizing now that it's 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 over. Uh, you know, I think and. Um, and he's, you know, again, trying to figure out what that transition is like. He's, you know, coaching his sons and, you know, lives here in Minnesota in Edina and just enjoying life. So how do you like the broadcast? I mean, it's podcasting, but it's still broadcasting, right? I mean, yeah. how, do you, how do you like it? Yeah, I like it. Um, I, I definitely enjoy talking with the people that we've had so far. Um, I, I love reaching back out to, um, you know, like I said, Matt Cassian, Justin Falk, Jared Spurgeon, you know, all these guys that you know, I wrote a list of all the guys that I played with from the wild um, that would be fun to, you know, speak to and have as a guest. And the list was probably over 100, 100 guys. It was probably 150 guys. And just I, I wanted I want to reach out to, you know, Devin Setaguchi and Tori Mitchell and Chris Stewart and have these guys on just to kind of shoot the crap again because I miss them. Um, you know, like I said, it, it's hard to stay in contact with guys forever. They, you know, Chris Stewart's up in Brainerd. He's got a ton of kids. Tori Mitchell's out in Vermont, has a ton of kids. Devin said Gucci's out in California. I mean, we really go our separate ways, and we all have uh, uh, families to deal with, and you can't be on your phone all day. So it's, it's, it's um, but the idea of, you know, having these guys on and just kind of, having a natural conversation like we did in the locker room is something that I've been enjoying. Now that you've been away a couple of years, when you look back, what's the, what's the single biggest highlight of your playing days? Um, I mean, the first game kind of always comes back to my mind. I'm playing up in Edmonton my first game. Um, just because I never, I never thought I was going to get to the NHL. I, I was always told I wasn't. I was always kind of told to have other options ready to go, you know, get your degree because you're going to need it to fall back on, um, you, you know. And just remembering that game as, like, something like, 
I can't believe I'm here. I, I had to pinch myself. It was, a, it was almost like an out-of-body experience when I was playing in that game. Like, it's, it's hard to remember certain details, but I remember you know, throwing the jersey on and looking around the locker room and just being like, I, I, this is really surreal. And, um, you know, that, that game definitely sticks out. But I, I told a lot of guys, you know, watching playoffs, like, I love watching the NHL playoffs. It just kind of just gets it, my... My, my juice is flowing as, you know, seeing the competitive nature of all these guys, you know, putting their bodies on the line. So, you know, I was fortunate enough to play in 25 NHL playoff games. And honestly, every one I, I was like a dream. Do you want to wash dishes, take a shower and do laundry all at the same time? Get unlimited hot water with a tankless water heater. My friends over at Aquarius Home Services are offering $750 off a new tankless water heater. That's right, $750 off. Why tankless? Endless hot water, cleaner hot water, less likely to leak, more energy efficient, and saves space. Where to start? Contact my friends over to Aquarius Home Services and receive a new plumbing equipment estimate for free. Aquarius believes in the earning the right to be recommended. They're just a click away at AquariusHomeServices.com. And don't forget to mention, Russo sent you. Take the checking account challenge from Royal Credit Union. Compare your checking account to Royal and see why it makes sense to switch. Royals checking accounts have no hidden fees and lots of free features that make it easy to stay on top of your money. You can deposit checks with the Royals mobile app, receive real-time notifications when transactions happen, and even freeze your debit card in seconds. See what other features you're missing out on and make the switch to a Royal checking account at rcu.org slash royalchallenge, insured by NCUA. For all the times, and we've talked over the years about your career and your path and the, the number of times that you were told you weren't good enough or that you were unlikely to make it. Was there any one guy that stood out that, like, you take a little pride in proving him wrong? <laughs> um, that's a good question. I've never been asked that before. Um, not, I don't think there's one specific one, but it, it, was, it was, like, ongoing through my youth and through high school and even in college, you know, like, my, my college coach, you know, didn't think I was ever going to make it, you know, like to, to be told that at, you know, at age 22 or something where, you know, I'm still, I'm still on, on my trajectory up. I haven't reached my peak yet that, you know, it, it was never, I, it was never like, there was never a moment where I'm like, geez, I would really want to prove this guy wrong. Yeah. It was always just like, I loved what I was doing. I loved playing hockey. I loved putting the, the equipment on, and I brought that that love each and every day to whether I was playing in the in the, in the game or not, whether I was in the press box or not. is is a it was a journey, and 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 I'm you know I, I'm really really you know I played 11 years pro hockey. I honestly thought I was going to play one or two years, and I just found kind of a, a role in a niche and. Um, I knew that if I was going to play behind Ryan Suter and Jared Spurgeon and Jonas Brodeen and Matt Dumba, I was going to be, you know, third set, maybe seventh defenseman. When I, when I get in the lineup, I'm going to play 10 or 12 minutes. I'm going to make them the best 10 or 12 minutes I could make them. And th that was honestly just my, my whole mindset for years. And if I'm going to be the number seven defenseman, I'm going to be the best number seven defenseman in the league. That's, you know, kind of the, 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 the confidence I needed to have, um, you know, to go into the rank each and every day. How about the OT winner on Hockey Day? Yeah, I mean that—that's definitely up there. That was a—that's uh, something I'll you know definitely talk to my grandkids about. Um, it was—it was a special day. Um, I remember driving through Elk River the day before and seeing the setup, and it was—it was you know not some you know like an idiot, but it was dreamy. It was like, it was super cool. It was, well, that was such a, the, the pit where they played it was, yeah. it wasn't made up. I mean, that was such a big part of hockey for all those guys who it grew was. up in Elk River. It was, it was kind of the, the hotbed for a lot of years where those were all the pickup games. And Elk River was very hockey-centered community that if you wanted a game, you go down to the pit, you're going to find one. There was, uh, and, and that's where you pick up your skills and your work ethic. You know, I, I chased my, my brother was three years older than me. I, I had to chase him ar around and, you know, all of his friends, they're bigger and stronger and faster. So I, you know, I had to do what I could to keep up. And I'm sure that's, that's, was a huge, um, 
key in my development throughout, throughout my, my younger years. The way you define your attitude about your role within a team and just embracing it and making the best of it, no matter how many minutes, no matter how many games, whatever, was there anybody that had an impact on you throughout your career that instilled that in you? Um, man, I was able to, uh, to play with a lot of good guys, so many good guys. And, I, and not to sound cheesy, but I felt like I was kind of a glue guy. I, I, liked, I liked being the guy that brought the locker room together, whether you're a first liner or a fourth liner, whether you're a $8 million guy or a league minimum guy, whether you're you know, a PK or a power play guy. I liked being the guy that, you know, just, you know, built the camaraderie. Could relate to both. Yeah, could re exactly. And for a lot of years, I, well, I was one of the older guys, but I loved, you know, hanging with the younger guys and, you know, playing cards with them on the road and, but, you know, trying to, you know, put, put everyone together. And, um, no, I, I, I definitely think, you know, my dad had a huge, um, Huge, huge advice for me throughout all those years. Just, you know, he always told me to you know, to walk in the locker room with my shoulders, my shoulder blades um, together, and my, my chest up. Like, walk in the locker room with confidence, even though okay, you might have been out for three weeks. You know, have the attitude that hey, they're making the mistake and they're they're missing out not playing you. And you know, it, it might sound cocky, but it was it was something where. I needed to have that kind of confidence in myself. So when my number was called, okay, I'm ready to go. Like, I feel good. I, I've been watching the games from upstairs in the press box. I, 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 I'm ready to go. And uh, it's, uh, it's definitely my dad, I would say. But, but there are so many, like, good defensemen, especially, you know, throughout my years. I mean, just... The, year, the guys I came up with, you know, Jared Spurgeon, Marco Scandella, Justin Falk, um, Max Norrell, Drew Bagnall, like my early years, you know, hanging with those guys, they're all such like kind, humble guys that were perfect for me to, you know, break into the to pro hockey with. And um, we, we had a special run um, with those guys. That, that was probably my favorite season of my career. What do you miss the most? Um, I miss going on the road. I miss, uh, you know, our <laughs> private planning to Denver and, you know, playing cards on the flight and just sharing laughs with guys and, you know, like I said, chuck cards around and, you know, get to the, to the Ritz and take a nap and, and, and then go to a nice steakhouse dinner with the guys. I mean, it was all about the camaraderie, and that, that's, that's what I miss the most, is just you know, having that locker room feel. Um, that's why, I, again, I, that's where the, the, the podcast kind of started from, is I would just love to have that feel again. And, but you know, definitely miss the competitive nature of it, too. I mean, I, don't, I, I haven't competed in, in a year, and, and you, know, you, you definitely start to miss that, the game nights, you know, heading down to the XL at, the, at 4 o'clock, and knowing that you're playing against Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane and, you know, get those, those juices flowing, cranking the music, getting, getting Dumba's uh, playlist going on uh, in the locker room and, you know, getting the guys going. Would Crack, you... Cracking a Red Bull. Yeah, would you... <laughs> I know we had talked before and you were toying with the idea of pursuing some coaching. Is that still something you're considering? Is that... Yeah, I... Uh... Yeah, I mean, I don't know to what level. Um, I just I see the the time commitment that it is with pro hockey and the American Hockey League and the NHL and whatever I, I'm going to do next. I, I want to, you know, my family's starting to plant roots here, and that's that's why the main reason why I wanted to hang up my skates in the first place is to, you know, be here in Minnesota and not move anymore. So. Um, if there's an opportunity that that arises, you know, it's something that I would, I would definitely look into. But um, it, again, it's not about me anymore. It, it, it's about my kids and my wife, and they're they're happy with where we're at right now. So, if it's you know a, a coaching opportunity here around the the Twin Cities, hey, you know, it's something I'll definitely think about. But uh, 
you know, moving away and being gone and going on the road again. You know, I just did that for the past decade. It would be hard for me to, you know, do that again. My, my Brit wouldn't allow that again, you know. <laughs> I was talking to, to Miko about it a little bit, and he said he, he learned that quickly when he was helping with the Finnish team in the World Juniors. Yeah. And he said, you know, I felt like getting on the ice and all of that was great and interacting with the players yeah. was great. He said, I had no idea how many hours were spent with video breakdowns oh and planning practices and all of that. And that's a for a short-run tournament, not for a full season. Imagine doing that for 82 games. and for Well, eight, you watch eight. how hard those guys work. I mean, I, I there, watch the... There's no off-season. There isn't. And there's no off-night. No. I mean, they're there hours before we get there, and they're there hours after we leave. I mean, they're... they're prepping their the video uh, i mean it's just that era where um video is is so important um or they they think it's so important that you know we the better prepared team will have more success and that's that's their mindset who's uh, the next guest on the pros box um i think jared spurgeon oh that'd be interesting yeah 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 so i mean again he's a He's a guy that I, I kind of broke in with. Do you ever think with. of him when you played with him early and think that this guy could be a captain? Cannot believe it. Cannot believe it. My, the, one of the stories I was going to talk about on the press box, I don't know if I should, but... Um, <laughs> uh, he's, well, sure you should. Yeah, yeah. No, he's, a, he's kind of the first guy I saw when I we went to Traverse City together. And, you know, me thinking, like, coming from college and hearing all these stories about pro hockey, I'm thinking all these defensemen are going to be monsters. Uh, I'm going to have to fight a lot. I'm, you know, you know, a lot of things run through my head as far as how beefy guys are going to be. And not the first guy I meet is Jared Spurgeon. I'm like, holy crap. I mean, this has got to be a little skilled forward or something like that or, or someone's brother. I'm, I'm not exactly <laughs> sure. Um, but, you know, it just goes to show like he broke into the NHL in an era where it was mainly big defensemen. It goes to show how good he is. Well, it'll be interesting. I'm looking forward to checking some of these out. Thank you for coming and joining us tonight. It's uh, always interesting to chat with you. We've had some great yeah. chats yeah, over we the have. years. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. We want to thank our sponsors here on Worst Seats in the House, Royal Credit Union, Kowalski's Profile by Sanford, Aquarius, Chris Lindahl, and Bosch Law Firm, and, of course, Tuttles and Grain Belt, who are re-upped and are back with us for another year. We're excited about that. And thanks for, for listening to this week's show. Always great to have Nate with us. Michael Russo will be back with us for next week's show, and we'll have our July dates for in-person podcasts soon. That's been this week's edition of War Seats in the House. So much coming out, there's nothing going in. I know that you feel like you're never going to win. Oh, but the world